Welcome to Athena.Trade Presents, a podcast of presentations. I am Jenny, former director of presentations at Athena.Trade, and throughout the year, I have had the pleasure of coordinating multiple events. However, not everyone has time to watch a video or Periscope. Therefore, we have created this podcast just for you. Please note that our presentations were offered for educational purposes only. Nothing in any of these presentations should be taken as legal, financial, or investment advice. As we begin the broadcast, you'll notice some banter between friends and members of Athena Trade. It's always so much fun to get everyone together. We're now going to begin our progress already in session. We hope you enjoy. Okay. Where did you try to sneak out early? Yes. Yeah. Ask share. Okay, so now we are live. Okay, and so we'll no, start. No, we're not live right now, are we? Yeah, we're live right now. No one's watching yet. Did you put on some makeup or? Wait, what, I did, it's already sweated off. <laughs> <laughs> I already cropped out my mascara. You cried out your mascara? Okay. Emo Aaron. My, my TV personality is not safe. Emo Aaron. We'll be starting I get nervous until I start to tell jokes that are totally inappropriate. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's a nervous, it's like a nervous tick. That's a good tick. It's like I do it to relieve the tension that's being built inside me. And then that's what you want on Twitter. <laughs> Perfect. And guess what? We can yeah, actually... You heard about the two bulls up on the hill? <laughs> no. <laughs> no? Go on. No, no, no. Not for live. We're live. No, no. Yeah, no. we're live. Are we live? Yeah, yeah, of course we're live. Oh, my goodness. Well, I... We just went through that. was the introduction. That was the introduction, but don't worry. We actually have a regular <laughs> introduction. We're waiting for one more person to come back to our room. That's right. So, this is, uh, this is just part... I'll edit this part so, out when it oh, goes to the recording. So, yeah. yeah. How many people are watching? Can you see? Well, I, 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 think, I think there's like four, but I really can't see this far away because um, it's really tiny, but you should be able to see. Well, I'll subtract one because I'm on. <laughs> everyone here. It's just everyone here. It's Welcome perfect. to Twitter sphere. It's perfect, right? All right, so we're waiting for Mike. You gotta sit up. Hey, Andre's here too. Oh, great. I need to chat with him. Sweet. Finish that JP Morgan thing. I know. I'm really excited because I want, I'm so glad you're here. I've got to chat with you after. Are you staying for the whole time? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You're going to like what I have sat chat about, I think. It decked you out after all of that. I like it. Thank you. What went down? Whew. Uh, shareholder meetings, uh, big discussions about Bitcoin. Can't talk about it yet, though. And we're live on Twitter, so just so you know. <laughs> get out, get out now. I was just letting you know. <laughs> yeah, there's got to be like a light to let people know you're on air. You can't just oh randomly walk into rooms these days. It's a live stream. Come on now. All right. Hi, it's Jenny, and I'm here. I'm Director of Presentations at Athena Trade, and um, the premier co-working community at the intersection of blockchain, crypto, and fintech. And we're broadcasting live on Periscope and hope everyone out there will chime in with questions. Today, we have one of our awesome members here, Aaron Winkler, and he's gonna be speaking about Hamilton Technology, excuse me, 
And I think I met you like about a year ago. Yeah, yeah. And so one of the best days of my life, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and I am so inspired by your drive. So I'm really excited that you are here to chat with us. So can you tell us a little yeah. bit about yeah, yeah. Hamilton? First, thank you for having me, obviously. Um, I'm wearing an Athena Bitcoin shirt, repping the co-working space. I, uh, I hope that, you know, I I'm doing that. what I can, you know, for the cause. Um, but Hamilton Technology is a product and service company inspired by the higher level mission of helping the regulatory financial services and banking world adopt crypto. So kind of have thought of myself as a, as a little bit of a bridge. And um, we're starting by targeting online brokers that want to add a cryptocurrency offering. And um, a lot of people in the space kind of recognize what's missing and they're taking a bottom-up approach to building their business. And we're taking a top-down approach by integrating with the broker-dealers at a, at a, as a, as a as an, as an, it's an, the product is actually going to be an API and an SDK, which are technical terms, but we can get into that later. Very cool. Well, I love the fact that you're going to the, the customers and listening to their pain points. I think that's very interesting as a way to fuel adoption. Um, can you tell us how you got interested in crypto to begin with? Um, sure. So I, um, I came out of the online brokerage world. And I had a, originally I had a, a messaging concept for that space for on for uh, uh, human brokers and the financial advisors. They're they're not allowed to text their clients because that's not it's a it's a non-compliant activity. And so I, I set out to solve that. But late in 2017, um, the crypto price kind of woke me up to what was going on right now, and I, I took a pivot into crypto. So that that was. That was how I got involved. Excellent. Is that something that you still feel is like an issue, the messaging and the way to communicate with clients? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, I mean, I, hopefully we're able to solve that problem down the road. But um, first of all, the, the technology behind that is very difficult because it's, it's difficult to offer full privacy and end-to-end -end encryption for conversations and then allow a regulator to be able to see those conversations. So it's a difficult technical challenge, and then it would be an additional line item for broker dealers who want to add the product, whereas crypto is additional revenue all day long. So crypto is crypto is on deck. I love it. Um, and tell us a little bit about your background because your background is really interesting and how you, you know, how you figured out these different pain points and in the industry and things really. Sure. So uh, I was the director of innovation at an online brokerage called Options House, which we sold to E-Trade for $725 million. And the director of innovation role is about one third director of engineering, one third director of product, and then one third research analyst. And so I thought about it. I thought about it from the standpoint of if, if my boss had come to me and said, "Aaron, we're adding crypto," how would I solve it? Or if someone showed up in the door at the door and said, "Here, we want to offer crypto use a service," it would be immediately, "Okay, well, what are the things that you're going to need, and what are my what are my what are my largest pain points?" And I think the largest pain point for a broker dealer is going to be the 
first of all, there's a minimum amount of safety, security, and trust that they're going to have, they're, they're going to need in their partner. But secondly, they're signing up for a software project, and that software project is going to, um, is going to take a toll on their team and their system. There's, there's a risk. And so one of the key components of what our system is going to do is it allows our APIs to be injected and transformed to match APIs that are, uh, that are a part of their existing system. And that should, in a very short time, get a broker-dealer's entire system, both front office and back office, it should give them the ability for all of the read use cases in the API. Um, it's a little technical, but my, my vision is to, is to basically shorten the time, effort, and risk of adding crypto to their systems. I love that. And it really sounds like you're doing a lot from an organization like that as looked or studied about organizational change because the more it's more difficult, the more barriers there are, the more friction points, it's harder to get people to adopt. And um, so I, it really seems like you guys are addressing this. Can you tell us a little bit about how your platform differs or the... Well, so uh, a lot of people have said uh, one of the pain points to adoption of crypto is going to be that the user experience is so poor and it's so challenging, especially for, you know, customers that are not millennials, let's say. Um, so I imagine that the ultimate use case for buying crypto someday will be just like a very wealthy individual typically has a guy and he calls him up and says, you know, I want Apple or I want Google. He'll be able to call up and say, I want Bitcoin. And that's really the ultimate use, the ultimate user experience. And then we work backwards and down to retail and just try to make it as simple as possible for the customer. So specifically, that would mean no when a when a our crypto platform is such that a user does not have to get a new username and password. We're going to leverage the accounts at the existing broker dealer, and then our buying power comes out of their existing equities or futures count. So that's a major friction point that you know, any direct to cust customer uh, crypto exchange has to, that they have, they, that's a, a friction point at the minimal for them, which we're going to be able to usurp. That's excellent. And, you know, we've talked a lot about this. You kind of talked a lot about this at different conferences, most recently in the trading show, right? We yeah. talked about massive adoption. And how do you think that this will, you can kind of talk about it, but, how do you think that this is going to fuel that, and what do you see in you know the near future, five years down the road, ten years down the road? Sure. Uh, so I think the first, when you're thinking about mass adoption, we're just talking about some large percentage of the population of the world accepting crypto and wanting some form of exposure into crypto. So I think the first thing we're going to see is. Um, long-term investors start to get half percent, one percent, one and a half percent of their overall portfolio into crypto and probably a significant portion of the, into Bitcoin. And so we'll see adoption first in terms of accepting it as a speculative asset that is idiosyncratic risk to the rest of their portfolio. And then I believe that, uh, I believe that stable coins are really 
a next generation business model, a next generation banking business model. So if you take a look at what Facebook did with Libra, really it's Facebook saying, okay, we have long-term dreams of being a bank. Um, and I expect to see many centralized commercial organizations, probably banks or people who feel like they would have a competitive advantage in the banking world. Uh, I see them adopting stable cryptocurrencies and, and I would expect those to get a lot of uh, a lot of use in emerging markets or border regions or any sort of areas where there's a lot of cross-border trade and, and businesses have to uh, businesses have to deal with currency risk and so I think that I think that that will push the adoption towards towards payments um, the first which is acceptance as a speculative asset is likely to come a lot faster and would be a lot less challenged from a regulatory standpoint. Do you think that that's global or do you think that that I is think it's totally global. I think it's totally global and I think if anybody in the US for some reason wanted to start it, it would just proliferate wherever it found acceptance. I, I think that that's, I think it's Pandora's box that's just, it's, it's, it's out of the box. Mm -hmm. I've already forgot the saying. Because <laughs> it's already out of the saying. Yeah. But just talking about like from merchant processing and things, we were kind of talking last night and I was saying like, I can't believe it. Sometimes I would go into people's businesses and I would see that they were paying like 10% effective rate or, you know, even 8% with, you know, quite a few fees on top of it because they were put in different, different contracts and whatnot. It shouldn't be that hard to move money. And especially with entrepreneurs, it just really shouldn't be hard to move money. I mean, what are your thoughts as far as, um, using it for payment processing, or do you think that that's, and what regulations do you think would need to change before people could use it for payment processing? Because right now, it would probably be that they'd have to report capital gains on it. Yeah, yeah, so the, one of the first things we're gonna, the first things we're gonna need to see for it to, for payment processing to be taken seriously or, or it to, to take, to take hold at a large scale is the merchants are going to want to have to hold the coins. So either a serious hedging market and a very, very sophisticated hedging market to hedge the volatile crypto assets like Bitcoin and Ethereum and et cetera need to be in place, or there needs to be a much more liquid uh, stablecoin market. And so that's, that's number one. And then the, the other answer is, is that Obviously, in the in the blockchain world, money movement becomes very simple, right? Because it's just it's just writing a record on a ledger rather than having to communicate with a bank on the other side in another jurisdiction. There's not there's not that need for bi-directional communication and acceptance. So it'll it'll always be easier with a blockchain. And then the the second advantage. This doesn't really answer your question, but the second advantage of banks that take that model or, or companies that take that model is you get to centralize the, I hate to call them real world assets, mm -hmm. but you get to centralize, centralize the cash or the reserve that sits behind those currencies and you get to earn interest on that cash. That is a far more efficient use of capital than an existing payment system because an existing payment system, each centralized payment hub requires more and more capital to be on site and that capital cannot be used for it has to stay in a I don't I forgot what the word is but it has to stay in essentially a 
and 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 it's uh it's in an it's either in an inactive status or an active status. I forgot which way they're for, but it means that you can't lend that money and take that money out of the bank because it's there to provide sufficient liquidity for the day's payments. Like the so yeah, so so overall the system has those systems have a lot of incentives and and those systems have these systems have a lot of advantages, but it, for payments and crypto to be used as payments the merchants are going to have to drive that adoption. And if we go all the way back to China when paper money was first created, paper money made it into the into the economy again through merchant adoption. So anytime there's been there's been that graduation up to a new form of money, it's a it's a it's a it's a merchant thing. Right, so that's that's what I think will have to happen. That's interesting because I think that what what you're doing with broker dealers and will definitely pave the way towards that. I would say that that's you know that's allowing for greater acceptance. Yeah, I think if we're ever to get into the payments game, it would be because merchants would show up and say, "Wow, you have direct access access to a very mass affluent part of the population, right?" So if we could be a specific payment platform because that that and that was our advantage uh, that would be interesting but it would require broker dealers to be interested to get into the payments game which they very well could but historically no broker dealers ever thinking about a business model that includes sending cash away mm -hmm. interesting. times are changing I love it um, see so do you guys have any questions for Aaron about Hamilton about any of his views or how he sees um, massive adoption going to be that is going to be achieved through uh, you know, seamlessly being provided through a broker dealer. So in your opinion, integrating with the current broker dealer structure is way more efficient than having all these firms build out their completely own unique system for having crypto and custodying it. And, and oh yeah, I mean, so inside these so these systems have been built for the last 25 years on top of legacy tech from the get-go at this point um, there is there is a huge maintenance cost in maintaining the server infrastructures developers any sort of change requires a significant level of testing we are consistently trying to figure out how do we reduce our technical footprint and so if you're providing a service to the broker-dealer today, and the, the cloud actually is, is a major component of this, you're trying to provide as much software as deep into that stack as possible and make it, make the, make the, make your, our goal is to make them feel like a customer. If you're a, if you're a, if you're a manager or a product person, the more bodies you're adding, the more, labor you're adding the more maintenance you're adding it's a it's a, it's a it's 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 painful as a manager when versus versus a SaaS solution and so SaaS SaaS I, I so when I think about when we think about what we're trying to do long term I think about breadth and I think about depth and when I'm thinking about breadth I'm talking about where in the industry are we going to find continue to find more and more crypto flow and so that's 
brokerages that are offering trades to the do-it-yourself investor, then the financial advisor world, then robo-advisors, then managed products, <coughs> then algorithmic products, then asset managers, etc. So that's the breadth. And from a depth standpoint, it means can we get deeper and deeper and deeper into the technical stack in order to create some form of some form of lock-in with the customer. We have ideas. We have ideas around that, but that gets pretty technical. Awesome. Anything else? Anyone else have other questions? So we have five questions. Great. No. Okay. Tell me about your process because, like, I don't know. I've gotten to watch it a little bit, so it's kind of cool because I first met you. I would not recommend doing... my process to anyone. Okay. okay. Well. <laughs> Because it was going to be interesting. Sleep, sleep under your desk. <laughs> Scream a lot. See anything to trade. Sleep under your desk. Talk to anybody that'll listen. Consistently ask for feedback, and uh, never give up. <laughs> That's it. I'll tell you more if you want. You have any more specific questions about? Yeah. yeah. No. Like I just think it's very like you have such a good background and you're really always listening for feedback. And we were talking about this last night as we were talking about entrepreneurs and kind of what needs to happen in this space and coaching and how that works. And one of you know you've got such great advisors on your on your. Company. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one is actually named Coach. <laughs> yeah, Eddie Winehouse is. Uh, I ran my pitch by him several times and he just eviscerates it immediately. Uh, so thank you, Eddie. And, uh, and then uh, Tom Smith of Avantgarde Trading has been exceptional. And then there's another guy on the team named Matt Nitschke, who is probably one of the brightest guys that I've met in the space. So yeah, uh, I, think, I think you want to always surround yourself with people that uh, are smarter than you, are better than you, and will push you. I think that's awesome. Yeah, I, that's easy for me to find, typically. <laughs> we got Gil here. Yeah. Hashtag awesome. me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, does anyone else have any other questions? No? Thank you for your time. <laughs> All right, you want to end it? Yeah, what I mean... <laughs> Sorry. I could rap. Yes. No. Do you I'm have kidding. Bitcoin rap? No, I can't. No. 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 no I can't. I, I can't rap. I can't rap. Mark's got a Bitcoin rap. I know it. I just. No, it's like. If you want to like, get that's the thing that people do if they're seeking. Never mind. If they're seeking what? If I was seeking to entertain and make a fool of myself, that would be that would be what I would do. Well, that happens after dark. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Twitter after dark. Hashtag that. Yeah. Twitter after dark. Yeah. Excellent. Okay, so they want to get touching. Two goes later. No, we're rivers. Remember? Because we're we're working on his event. You guys are all coming down. Um, okay, so if they want to get in touch with you, want to know more about Hamilton Technology? Really inspired by what you're chatting about. Um, I would say come way? right through uh, Athena Bitcoin. Cool. So DM is, Athena yeah, Bitcoin. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's your Twitter handle? It's, exactly. uh, it's actually Crypto Spring. Dot .io. No, it's Crypto Spring IO. Crypto Spring IO. Yeah. Taken. Yeah. Because after winter must come spring. Mm -hmm. But we're at summer. Still spring. Okay. It's still spring. Excellent. Okay. All right. Thank you very much for tuning in. And if you have 
any questions for Aaron, feel free to put them in the comments below and we will be back next week. Okay, signing off. All right, good job guys.